0: This <laughs> <laughs> is kind of an experience. <laughs> uh, no, for, for the good. Okay, so we're at the um, very important the. Uh,
1: Do you have an extra? I didn't, I didn't oh, it. okay. So li- I always bring so, so no so take hand those.
0: Hand no, it's okay. Just share. Share with
1: someone. No, you can, you can take those. Okay, but just, can. Um, Don't
0: write on that. You can write on that. Is it extra? You Get back to you. Do whatever if you really can't resist writing on them, you can write on them. And mm-hmm. I'll give it and, uh, one moment because I definitely need the uh, song here. Yeah. Okay. So so you can uh this to also Okay. So, um, we started our um, study of the Talmudic reading of Levinas about the creation of the woman, and um, we got to the third uh, opinion, the third reading of the of the linguistic anomaly. I'm doing a little summary of the, what we did last week. Uh, and everything started, I remind you, everything started with, the, with this grammatical anomaly uh, in the ge- uh, Genesis verse. Here um, you have Oh, Maybe i used use, no, it's OK. OK, I can, I can write on it. It's, uh, and we said it's written with two youths, and this is a grammatical mistake. And now the rabbis are trying are trying to uh, interpret this supposedly grammatical mistake. Of course, it's not a grammatical mistake. It's For the rabbis, at least, it has something to teach us. And uh, we saw last week three opinions about um, the, this uh, grammatical uh, anomaly, and I'm, I'm, I'll, jo- I'll, I'll jump immediately to the third uh, interpretation where we, sto- where we start, which was the most um, the most original interpretation, the most surprising um, uh, interpretation, the one of uh, Rab Jeremiah ben Eliezer. And please open the open the text uh, on page. 166, and um, let's take from the, from the Gemara part. The Gemara part is always uh, um, like in those little boxes. Rab, do, do you follow me? Yeah. So, Rabbi Irmiah ben Eliezer said, Two faces did the Holy One, blessed be He, create in the first man. For isn't it written, you hedge me before and behind." So 4 of Jeremiah, oh, I'm sorry, that's a phone that I don't know how to use. Maybe it we ring again, I'm sorry, I don't know how to use. So 4 of Jeremiah, it's not about the two Yetzarim, I'm doing just a little summary of what we did last week. It's not about Yetzirah 166. It's not about Yetzirah and Yetzerato. It's not about being torn between my Creator and my creation. But it's about, it's about the form of the human, the form of the human, the, the primitive form of the human, the first form of the human, which is according to Love Jeremiah one in which you have two faces. The Yitzer means duparts. says the original text. Duparzufim means two faces. And I, I told you last week in Hebrew the, the more the more um, uh, the term which translates faith um, normally is "panim." Here it's par it's It's a little bit different, a different language, but it means true faith. So for Jeremiah, uh, here we have a creation of, of, uh, uh, of, of the first human. One, the, one, uh, we, we should be very careful, because we, we are dealing with the question of, of women. So let's speak about the first. You, a uh, human being, which is neither male nor female, but in fact, male and female together. So it's a very weird creation with two faces. And you remarked last week last that there is, there is, it echoes uh, some myth uh, that exists in, in ancient Greek about, about creation, uh, about, about a man being two faced but the original uh, uh, shape of man with two faces. Here, Levinas just uh, um, follows Rabbi Jeremiah's reading of the Easter, two faces, and, and this was the important point, and there, this, this, this is where we ended last week, and we said, those two faces do not... Um, are not a reference for the creation of men, the ve men and female. The verse that Rav Jeremiah brings in order to, to make his point, uh, to, 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 to found his, his, his interpretation, is not the verse in Bereshit, is not the verse in Genesis, but is a verse from the Psalms, from Theimim. You follow me? Again, the the verse, you have it in the text, the verse that Rab Jeremiah is taking in order to uh, make his point is you hedged me before and behind. Kedem You created me from beyond behind and from uh, before. Or better translation, you hedged me before and behind. Now let's let's read the uh, let's read the, uh, the, old, the the psalm in its entirety because, because in order to understand what does it mean that the first human was created with two faces we have to try to understand the uh, the psalm. And here is again the, that's the method that Tzvinaz uses when he reads the Talmud. We saw it uh, in the Talmudic reading about temptation of temptation. You remember when uh, the rabbis brought the verse of Megillat Esther? So we said, well, we have to open Megillat Esther and think what is Megillat Esther about, and, and, and now we turn to the text and from this perspective try to to make sense of the saying of the rabbis. So the same goes for this. For, for, for this opinion of Rav Jeremiah. In order to understand what this, this image represents of the two faces, well Rav Jeremiah tells us go and look in the Psalms and you will maybe understand what my ideal of the human is. And, and this is very important to understand. That this text, I said it last week I'm repeating it now, this text for Levinas and according to Levinas, for the rabbis is a text about the essence of the human condition. What is it to be human? This is the question which is asked here. And the different opinions are all different ways of of understanding what is it to be human. So for Rav Jeremiah, to be human is to be two-faced. That's the idea. Of course, the question will be, what does it mean to be double-faced? What does it mean to be double-faced? And the answer to this question, I'm repeating myself, a lot of ways of saying the same thing, the answer for this question, the key for understanding this opinion of Rabbi Jeremiah, should be in the Psalms. So let's do a reading. Um, I guess you're better with the English, no? You're more comfortable, so let's... um, Okay, so let's yeah. let's read it in uh, in English. So it's it's um, Psalm 139. Um, I'm sorry,
1: I just have a question. Yes. Last week we ended with you mentioned Yaakov that he was considered they called it like music like and
0: yet That was like, two weeks ago because it was about tongue? yeah it was about temptation of temptation. But if you have a, it wasn't okay, a, the know. other Talmudic lecture we did. All right. Oh,
2: um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah yeah.
0: Okay. T me Okay, was the end of temptation of temptation. This yes, one. okay. Never no okay. mind. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. So let's read um, Psalm one thirty nine. Someone do the reading? With a lyric emphasis. <laughs> Every everyone in each of you is can read better than me the English, so I just
1: Nobody else can do it, then i don't do it, but I have a chest cold, so I'm, I'm here with my Ricola candies. Really? Yeah, yeah. Anybody else want to try it? All right. I'm cold. <laughs> Thanks. To the chief musician in Psalm of David. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my sitting down and my rising up. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou hast measured my going and my lying down and thou art acquainted with all my ways. For no word is yet on my tongue. And lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all. Thou hast to set me behind and before. Oh, that's, that's the,
0: that's the, right. the verse for right? okay. And
1: lay thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Where shall I go from, my, from thy spirit? Or where shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up in heaven, Thou art there, if I make my bed, it shall all behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the utter- uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely only darkness shall cover me, and the light be night about me, even the darkness is not dark for thee, for the night shines like the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, for thou hast borne my reins, Thou hast knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knows that right well. My frame was not hidden from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, that I did see my unshaped flesh. For in thy book all things are written, the days also in which they are to be fashioned. For it, too, there was one of them. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them, if I should count them! They are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Continues.
0: Mm, uh, yeah, okay. it's uh, like five or six more verses. So okay. I don't mind.
1: Surely thou wilt slay the wicked. O God, depart from me therefore, you bloody men, who speak against thee wickedly, and thy enemies, who take thy name in vain. Do I not hate, O Lord, those who hate thee? And do I not strive with those who rise up against thee? I hate them with the utmost hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and leave me in the way everlasting.
0: Okay, thank you very much um <laughs> yeah, the end is a little bit <coughs> um, just in your sound um, just what what is this Psalm about uh, and I, I I will ask you to concentrate maybe on the you know on, on the verses around the one we are um, commenting uh, uh beset me behind and before and lay thy hand, thy hand upon me. Verse five, but, but like the first. Yeah, the, the, the in
1: essence, isn't it saying that God is everywhere and God knows everything? God knows my thoughts and God knows what I'm about to say. God knows everything, and God is everywhere, in heaven and shul, which I guess is sort of like hell.
0: Okay, so now, so, so that, that's the that's the basic um, atmosphere that this uh, psalm is trying to to create. Now try to link this with Rav uh, with Rav Eli, uh, Jeremiah's opinion. What's the what's the what's the uh, link between the Jeremiah's opinion and and this and this psalm? Not only uh, on the level of the verse he is quoting, but on the level of the psalm itself. Only those who didn't read the text, <laughs>
2: the Levinas
0: text, further. Don't read it now.
2: I think,
0: uh, huh? Yeah. I
2: think it would, I want to connect it first to that. This is a difference. The faces is different from the inclinations because mm-hmm. the first reading of uh, putting without thinking that then the two faces. God knows what you think and what you might do and. What will happen, and what, where you came from? He knows everything, and if it was just that God knows us, two faces to me would sound like two inclinations or something that I made in, with two faces, and I could be this one or this one, and God knows which one I will be. The, and but it's not th-
0: this would be also a problem because it would be a repetition of uh, Rabbi Nachman's right. uh, idea. Right. So it's not. It must not be it that. It cannot be the idea of <laughs> two. And we said, yeah, Leviyaz calls it the face of Janus, like. Be, being
2: double-faced, or two inclinations, okay, so that's so, so we are out-ruling this. And, so, and I also don't want to, in my imagination, I can jump ahead and think that the face is what Levinas a lot of times concentrates on, and that uh, uh, a face is not the same as an inside. Inclination is something inside where the will to act that's is, yeah, that's a good and it's not. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead and think that it's not about what's inside, but about what I show to other people uh, as a face, and what two faces I could show to other people, even beyond how I feel inside, but how I present myself. What jumps out at me from the text is that the translation, if you read the Hebrew, it's which is more common, those words are more commonly before and after, but in time, not in space, so that God knows. What we will do, first of all, is one, is one powerful thing to understand as the face of the future, uh, that we're facing the future, but also the past, I of where we came from, our origins.
0: I want to stop here because, uh, first of all, we'll see that there, is, there will be a moment in the text that will allude to this idea of, of before and after. But here I want to stick to Rabbi uh, Jeremiah's reading of of the verse, he re- re- reads obviously the verse as You hit me from before and from behind as two faces. So I, w- I want just to try to now to understand why why does uh, Rab Jeremiah um, uh, forge this image of the two faces out of this uh, uh, of, of this psalm? Okay, so I want just to stick to the, to the to the image because you see you see it's very powerful, and once now we we. Uh, uh, touch on the, on the central points. you'll you see that it's, it's, it's actually a very, very uh, interesting uh, genius uh, 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 image that Jeremiah is forging. So again, I, I'll ask you once again, please link for me the two, those two things, the, the, the double face and, and this psalm, which is about God knowing everything, God seeing everything, Etc.
1: Um, Etc. Et kind of what he, I, mean, what I got, what kind of. I think that's what he said. I forgot your first name. Ariel. Ariel. I think that's what Ariel said. At least that's why he said, like, there's this inner world that we have, and then this other one that we present to others. Yeah. But God knows both. God knows what we're thinking before we even, or knows what we're going to say before we even say it. So that's sort of like. One face is the inside, like God knows who we really are. The other face is what we present to the external world, what we actually
0: say. But the face is not inside, that's also what Ariel said. The face is always exposed. So, I'm going with you, I just want to push you a little bit, because now you have to see. So what... I'll ask you this question. What does it mean that even the inside is outside? For God, even the inside I take even your metaphor, even, even the inside face
2: is outside. What does it mean? Not what does it mean? It's like I, th- I think we can have in a mystical way like a second face facing inside where we're a mystery to ourselves and we're even a stranger to this. But if, the, if
0: there is no inside, this
2: text actually speaks about
0: the fact that before God we have no inside. We have not ins- no inside in the sense that we cannot hide anything.
2: That even the inside is outside. But to ourselves we can still have it hidden. Even if God not—I mean, God knows our inside better and we don't. Because we still interact with ourselves as if we are face have a face of a stranger facing us. You have the face that you face strangers with and then you have the face that of your own yeah. that you're facing. Mm-hmm. That's a mystery to you, just like a stranger's face. I mean, it's the otherwise of yourself to yourself.
0: Or you're going too far. What? Well, you're going far. Maybe not too far, but you're going very far. I don't know. If when we're speaking of the interior and the exterior, let's 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 keep it simple. So the interior is my interior thoughts, my interior life, the what I think, you know. And the exterior is what I present to others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Again, if we keep it simple, normally we know both our inside and our outside. And that's why we have the possibility of, for instance, lying or presenting another face than the one we have and feeling bad about it, or at least knowing that we are doing something which is not completely completely in phase with what we really are. So if this would not be the case, if, if, we won't, if we wouldn't have the knowledge of our insight, we won't be able to to lie, for instance. Because to lie applies both that I'm lying, meaning I'm not saying the truth, but I know the truth. If I know, don't know the truth, I cannot say the, none the truth. So I, I need both perspectives. But I want to return and and just to... to, uh, I'm to yes? I'm kind of looking
3: at more like it's a sub-content. Mm-hmm. Not interior, which like we know about, we just don't say, but like a subconscious, which like, we're not fully aware of. So it's like a little bit more than our inner
0: thought. Uh, so you read this psalm as if it speaks about the unconscious. I'm saying like the two faces
3: are your faith and your subconscious. Subconscious. Okay.
0: But again, okay, and so you would say, and so now link it to the to the psalm. You would say that God knows both our conscious and our subconscious. It can be interesting, but but David, the, or at least the psalmist, when he when he speaks, he says, "Well, where can where should I hide? Where should I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up uh, up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I go in the darkness, you are there, etc., etc." It seems as if if we if we go to the question of the inside of the outside, you know, subconscious is a kind of God knowing my subconscious would mean that God knows something which I cannot, do not know. No, I cannot try to hide from something that I cannot know, that I do not know. I mean, if you... We are. You believe that you don't know your
3: subconscious or you're just not fully aware? Like on some level you do know.
2: And yeah, I, I think subconscious is a good reading because it's the darkness, you know, there's no darkness for God, so the things that are in darkness for ourselves, inside. Well, I also
3: get it from, because he says such knowledge is too wonderful for me. So that, that we can't handle our what
0: Where are you reading?
3: Um, line 6. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason we're not fully aware of it. So it's too much for. I mean, that's, that's where I kind of went with it.
2: The subconscious is usually like a, in, in our in our culture, it's like a scary thing. But you're saying so right. yeah, your subconscious is okay. No, let, let's
0: let's assume let's assume that that Rabbi Jeremiah didn't know about subconscious, and that it would be not a, such a far-fetched assumption. So that's why, it's, and again, I'm interested in Rabbi Jeremiah's reading. Okay, so um, but yeah, and and the other thing I would ask you is if if <laughs> we have here David trying to to find a place where he could be outside of the, the you know the, the 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 sight of God, and and he says again and again I'm trying and and there you are I'm going to say oh you are there I'm going to you are there I'm going in the darkness you are you are every everywhere. So so again the the the. I, I guess the most, most obvious uh, uh, way of, of you know, explaining here is to say that well, David here is actually speaking about him being totally exposed totally exposed and now I'm, I'm coming to Rob to, to Jeremiah's parable or image well, to be totally exposed, uh, exposed means to have two faces to have two faces means that I cannot turn back I cannot look at the other side because wherever I turn, well, there is another face that is exposed. Okay, just to, to, just reenact it. You know, if, if I'm standing before you, I'm I'm exposed. But now if I'm turning my back, so now you are not there, so I can do whatever I want. If I have another face here, I cannot turn my back. That's 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 how simple it is the back of the head is this place which, she, which is not exposed. Uh, that's why we say don't turn your back on me. Uh, meaning, actually, don't turn your neck on me. because Rabbi Jermayá says two faces means I cannot hide. I cannot hide. I imagine the human as a creature which cannot hide from God. You want to have a textual uh, a textual expression of it? Go and look um, at Psalms one, uh, 139. You want to have a plastic expression of it? A plastic idea of it? Do it. Two faces. Two faces. Ravjumaya is just translating the Psalm in a graphic language, in a plastic language, two faces, I cannot hide. It means the same. But that's... But when Rav Jeremiah brings the psalm, he wants to... And again, that's how Nevinas reads the Talmud, and it's very, very rich and original way of reading the Talmud. He says, well, it's not that Rab Jeremiah just tried to find a verse which can, you know... Uh, uh, with which he can have a case on his idea. the verse is really explaining the meaning of his idea. When he says, Jeremiah, by it uh, means two faces, he means uh, the human is completely exposed, the way David testifies in Psalm 139. So here we have the ideal of the human, or the image of the human, the third opinion, the the image of the human, uh, according to Rav Jeremiah. I want now to, uh, uh, and unless there are questions on this, on this uh, articulation, I want to, to read uh, Levina's, Levinas' commentary, and you will see that I, what I did now is just doing what Levinas did, I just anticipated Levinas' commentary, but you will see that Levinas adds something, and this this Uh, that Levinas had is even more fundamental, and I want now to go to the text and read how Levinas reads it. So um, let's just read from the start because it's really fundamental, this this, 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 uh, uh, passage in Levinas' uh, Talmudic reading, Uh, and I'm reading from uh, Everything everything is Open part. The first man has two faces. Without there being a head of Janus, Janus, as you shall see. Head of Janus means an hypocrite, okay, two, having two that what you alluded to before. It is striking that it is not a culture of Jeremiah, Ben Eliezer, to quote the beginning of Genesis, where it is said he created him man and woman. He would have made himself very easy. Uh, ta- uh, uh, job to just quote from Genesis in order to speak of those two faces the two faces of the, human being, uh, of, of the human being have as yet nothing to do with the two faces of the couple it's not man and woman it's two faces the sages of the Talmud prefer Psalm 139 here from which they sit verse 5 this is the verse which would explain the unusual spelling of He created with two youths when the word refers to the creation of man. And then he's uh, doing a little methodological remark. I'm just am skipping to the thing itself. And Levinas first reads a little bit of the psalm itself. Psalm 139 is an admirable psalm. O oh Lord, you have examined me and know me. You observe my walking and reclining and are familiar with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but that you, O Lord, know it well. You hedge me before and beyond behind. You lay your hand upon me. Where could I escape from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I descend to Sheol, you are also there. If I take wing with the dawn to come to rest on the western horizon, even there your hand will be guiding me. And now, Levinas comments. Always the hand of God grabs me and guides me. It is impossible to escape from God. Not to be present before his sleepless gaze. A gaze which is not experienced as a calamity in contrast to the terror felt by Racine's Phaedra. And now he quotes some lines from Racine's Phaedra Racine, the big French uh, playwright, uh, he's compared to Shakespeare in France. Like that's the French Shakespeare, let's say Racine. And Racine, in his Phaedra, has few lines which Livinus quotes and which he wants to put in contradistinction with the uh, Psalm of David. And here is the Racine's uh, uh, passage: Heaven, the entire universe is filled with my ancestors. Where to hide? Let us escape into the infernal night. But what am I saying? My father is there holding the fatal urn. L'urne fatal. In the biblical passage, certainly God's presence means to be besieged by God or obsessed by God. An obsession which is experienced as a chosenness. Read the rest of the psalm. If I say, surely, darkness will conceal me, night will provide me with cover. Darkness is not dark for you. Night is as light as the day. Darkness and light are the same. It was you who created my conscience. You fashioned me in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am awesomely, wondrously made. In other words, now it's Levinas, Man's humanity will be the end of interiority the end of the... I'm adding the interior subject what you call the interior, interior face to have two faces ex- exposed means that you don't have this interior face that you were talking about I cannot hide two faces everything is open, says Levinas later we will say continuous face, continuous face if you don't want the double face, the, the human being is, is one face, is, is, is completely face. He's not back and face, but two faces. I am everywhere lo- looked through, touched by the hand. Thus one can understand why Yonah could not escape his mission. Okay, Yonah is a prophet who, who wanted to escape God, but who was ina- unable to escape God. again. A biblical reference to the, the idea of the impossibility of escaping God. This is what it means to have two faces. With one, with only a single face, I have a place in the rear of the head, the occiput, in which my hidden thoughts and my mental reservations accumulate. Refuge which can hold my entire thoughts. But here, instead of the occiput, a second phase. Everything is exposed, everything in me confronts and must answer. I cannot, even through sin, separate myself from this God who looks at me and touches me. Even the last recourse of those who wish to break off, the furthest recess of atheism is not a break. Psalm 139 tells us that this hiding place is defenseless. God crosses the shadows of sin. He does not let you go, or he catches up with you again. You are always exposed, but in this spirited psalm, you are discovered with, you are discovered with joy. It is the exaltation of divine proximity that this psalm sings. A being exposed without the least hint of shadow. The idea is clear, but in order to make it even clearer, we must reflect a moment on the lines of Racine that Lévinas brings into the picture. Racine, he's the the French Shakespeare in the sense that he's he's the modern French writer who writes tragedy tragedies. What is the, the main characteristic of, of tragedy? What is the main characteristic of tragedy? What is tragedy? Faith. I'm not escaping faith. Exactly. The main idea of tragedy is that you cannot escape your faith. That's true for ancient Greek tragedy. It's true for modern tragedy, for classic tragedy. The idea of tragedy is that in ancient terms you cannot escape the fate that the gods have decided for you. Once there was a primitive uh, sin, let's say, and now the whole lineage of your family is cursed. Cursed, cursed you will... Endure all the consequences of this curse, which is transmitted from generation to generation. Take the classical story of the labdeseeds in, uh, uh, in in the Greek tragedy with uh, Eudipus, how yeah. Oedipus. How do you say it? Oedipus. Uh, the Oedipus. The story of Oedipus is that he he doesn't know. But he is the one who inevitably, as it was uh, as it was force, uh, foreseen by the by the prophet, he will sleep with his mother and ki- and kill his father. He cannot escape his faith the same goes for all the tragedies the same goes for the for a scene, and here Levinas brings some some lines which express this idea. The entire universe is filled with your ancestor. I cannot hide. My father is holding the fatal urn. The difference between tragedy and Psalm 139, because you can say, say, well, so what's the difference? David is speaking about the faith, the faith cannot escape God, and I'm trying to do this, this the same idea. You cannot escape your faith. <coughs> the difference between the two, the fundamental difference, the deep difference between the two, is that in the psalm, this fact of not being able to escape the gaze of God, the idea of not being able to escape, to hide, is felt as something joyful. It is felt, Livness says, as an election. It is it is some. You are always exposed. But and the but here refers to in contradistinction with the the tragedy, but in this spirited psalm you are discovered with joy. It is the exaltation of the divine, of divine proximity, that this sound sings. Being created, being the image of God. Vagitser means, for Jeremiah, the essence of the human is not to be able to hide. I cannot hide. You can say, well, but in our our everyday life, we hide all all the time. But maybe those are not exactly the times when we are fully human. To be fully human means not to hide. And it's, it's an... It goes against a lot of, and we'll see, uh, it, uh, see it further, it goes, it goes against a lot of conceptions that we have about the human, and, and some of them were, were raised here. A lot of times when we speak about hum- humanity, about uh, what is the human, well, we refer to this interiority, the subconscious, the fact that we have inter- inner life, inner thoughts, etc., etc. Here... The Talmudic uh, lesson and Levinas interpretation of it is that when maybe to be human means not to be inside but to be completely exposed. To be inside of oneself means to be detached from the world. That's what we do when we look inside of ourselves. We are taking a break from the world. I need some time, I need to be with myself, I need a break, I, uh, let's, 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 let's take some time to think about our relation, etc., etc. Et <coughs> Divina says, again, uh, reading Rabbi Jeremiah's idea of Dupak of the continuous phase, of the, d- the double phase, well, here we have... And and a completely different idea of the human. Being human means being completely exposed. Being one, that's two. Two faces means that you cannot hide, you cannot turn. You want to turn, well, here is your face again. Here you are again. No place to hide. No place to... Sincerity, if you want, sincerity, being sincere at all costs, not being able to lie, not being able to lie. So, of course we are able to lie, that's the problem. But we do not meet all the time the expectations of ourselves <coughs> with being human. But the ideal of humanity <coughs> would be this absolute sincerity, absolute sincerity, which would mean I cannot hide. Please, so look at it otherwise.
1: if you're just looking at just on the face of it, uh-uh. but we say turning, turning your face, like to turn your face away, right? So yeah. when you're saying there's two faces, you can never mm-hmm. turn your face. Mm-hmm. When you're turning your face away, usually what that means that implying that two things. One is you don't want to see what's going on, mm-hmm. so you remain removed and outside from whatever thing is happening around you. It's almost like... And then turning your face is also not allowing others to see what's going on for you. So it's and it's interesting because what you were just saying about like that you can't that being fully human is being genuine, is being sincere, is interacting with the world. So you can never turn your face away. You can't hide what's going on inside of you, and you shouldn't hide your face from what's going on around you. And that like isn't that like the whole thing about. Um, I don't know what the were saying, but you 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 know, like they can't stand idly by while your neighbor's blood is being still. Yeah, That's it, right. Yeah. <coughs> you can't turn your face away to suffering or other people's troubles or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you have to look at what's going on and be involved, and whatever's happening with you is also to share with
0: other people. That's not another way of looking at it, it's the the immediate concern. The consequence of, uh, of what, what we said. So and, I'm just uh, and in, in in one second we'll read how Levinas goes the way you just described. Being in, in order to speak in the terms of Levinas, having two faces means not being able to escape my responsibilities. Not being not being allowed to fly my to my, my responsibility. I cannot turn my back, as you said, means I've, it concerns me. I cannot not be concerned. I cannot be not concerned. Or if to, 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 to phrase it in an in a orthodox Levinasian way, in, in Levinas uh, philosophical terms, it means that I'm always face to face with the world. My, I'm always exposed to the demanding face of the other. You remember when we studied the temptations of stations, we saw that Livinas described the face as this thing which which is a kind of obligation, which is a kind of of, of commandment that is directed upon me. You thou shall not kill, says Livinas. That's what I that's what I hear when I see a face. I see the, I, I hear an obligation not to kill. I'm b- before, before freedom or non-freedom. Remember, that was what we studied with temptation of mm-hmm. temptation Well, here, Lévinas, in a way, goes even further. He says, if you see a face, it means that you are obliged. But now, just take the if out of the equation. It's not if you see a face. You see a face. You, are f- you cannot turn your back. So because you you opened it, so let, let's let's just read the passage where he he formulates it ex- exactly uh, this way. Then we return to a very important uh, uh, remark that he does. In the meantime, so just open on one sixty-eight, next page, and um, and uh, the the paragraph. Um, Titled uh, title, uh, The Other, uh, with the title The Other. Let, ins- let us insist again upon the meaning of we have discovered in Rav Jeremiah and Eliezer saying in light of Psalm 139. And now the- let us free it from its theological force. When Levinas says this, it means that now he will give us a philosophical interpretation of this passage. Okay? Let's, let's, now lo- let's, let's not speak about God. Let's let's try to understand this this idea without reference to God. What does does this manner of being surrounded by God mean, if not the very image which functions as its allegory? To be under the sleepless gaze of God is precisely in one's unity, what I call sincerity, to be the Bearer of another subject, bearer and supporter, to be responsible for this other, as if the face of this other, although invisible, continued my own face and kept me awake by its very invisibility, by the unpredictability that it threatened. Unity of the one subject, irreplaceable in the impossibility to refuse responsibility for this other, closer than any proximity and yet unknown. Essential manner in which the human being is exposed to the point of losing the skin which protects him, a skin which has completely become a face, as if a being centered about his score, experienced a removal of this score, and losing it was for the other before any dialogue. <laughs> that's, that's Levinas' called It's very difficult, very complicated, but it's, that's, it's like the good Levinasian way of formulating ideas. So Levinas puts it a little bit differently, but it comes to the same idea. What does Levinas say? Well, I have a face, and, and I have another face. I'm sorry, I'm just a very bad... Okay, uh so, so we said when we have the event of a face-to-face, that implies an obligation, a commandment. Do not kill. That's the other. And that the self, the subject, and the sense, being face to face with the other being means for me being responsible. Where you hear that the element of having to respond, having to be present, having to be responsible. Now you can you can look at it in two ways. I. I try to illustrate first Levinas, Levinas, where well, then I, re- I return to my to my meeting. You can say, well, okay, so let's let's turn the other side. Okay, let's let's turn the other side. Now I don't see the other, and and I'm free from any responsibility. Okay, that that's an option. Be having two faces for Levinas means, well, I cannot turn around because. The other is inside of myself. Having two faces means I cannot escape because the other is how do you say? Is uh, glued. Is glued to my to my to, to myself. He's invisible because I cannot see his face that he haunting me, he is obsessing me from beyond. That's what Levinas says here. To be responsible for this other, as if the face of this other, although invisible, continued my own face and kept me awake by, by its very invisibility. Okay. Again, I said here I'm translating it in non-theological language, it means that I'm, I'm responsible. Whatever I do, even if, I'm, if, even if I don't see the other, even if the other is invisible, well, he still haunts me from beyond. He is glued to my neck. Or you can also read it as I propose to do it, to have two faces, means that when if I return, i still steal the face of the other, I cannot escape the face of the other, because I have two faces, continuous face. In other words, for Levinas, for Levinas, uh, Rabbi Jeremiah's idea of the human is one that implies that responsibility is not a choice. That responsibility is absolute. That you cannot turn your back. The psalm speaks about David not being able to turn his back from God, or God always haunting him wherever, wherever, wherever he goes. If Inaz does a kind of ethical translation of it, and he says, "Well, what does it mean not to be able to escape God? It means, in fact, not to be able to escape my responsibilities. It's actually an ethical idea. It's a moral issue. That's what the human is about. Now, I want to return to um, a very interesting remark that Levinas does on uh, the page before, page uh, 167. Unless there are uh, questions. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I, guess I have a question about the faith. Um, is the faith something that like exposes or something that hides and then it's kind of like this type of understanding. Because it seems like the way you we were talking about it, like when it comes to, um, like I mean you talked about the other, sort of the unpredictability, the impossibility of, of understanding the other, um, sort of the invisibility. Mm-hmm. That, that sort of is, is the experience that one has when seeing the face of the other. So in that sense it seems like the face is something that doesn't really provide any information. But um, the way that we have been talking about the face, like spreading so this like two faces or continuous face, um, it seems we, we consider talking about it as like something that's a sign of like being exposed completely. And like those seem kind of in opposition to each other. So I guess the question you- is is the face something that hides or something that exposes?
0: Depends. Depends if you speak of about your face or the face of the other. For myself, my face is 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 is. is, I'm I'm experiencing my face as this part of my body which is exposed, which exposes me. That's why, when you know, you have those images of people being brought to trial, they, they hide them, they, their face. When you are ashamed, you hide your face, you try to... Because the face, the face is this part of the human which is absolutely exposed. Now when Levinas speaks about the face of the other, he speaks about something which is both seen and not seen, which is both visible and invisible. You remember the passage of, the, of Ethics and Infinity, when you see a nose and a chin and, uh, and the color of the eyes, you don't see a face. Because a face is not that, that which appears, a face is this which expresses itself. So there is a kind of expression of the, of the face which is not its appearance, which in terms of appearance is invisible, but in terms of expression is the most visible. And here, in this passage, it's very interesting because he has to cope with a very powerful metaphor, two faces in one, and to explain what it means. So again, Divina said, one face means, well, I can hide. Two faces means I cannot hide because there is another face, invisible because it is beyond me, but it's always me. So I cannot, whenever I go, I'm exposed to this face to the fact of being in relation with a face, of being responsible. It's not, again, it's not about God anymore, but it's about faces. It's about human relations, two faces. And again, not yet, Lévinas is not speaking yet about the sexual difference, about the difference between the masculine and the feminine. It's just two human beings, two faces. This is the original definition of the human. According to Rabbi Yirmiyahu, and now I come to the to the remark of Yevnes, which yeah,
2: if that's true, that that's what Rabbi meant. Yeah, then why are there two yuds? I mean, if it's about if we're already united in uh, that's how he explains two you The two yuds. But it, but it ends up there is no second good because we're just purely good from the inside, and we have nothing to hide, and there is no other or split within us. It's just good, like. Uh, if, if uh, you know, search me, God, inside and out, you won't find anything that's not good and hating the people that must, the things that I'm supposed to hate.
0: Maybe you will find some things that are bad, but I'm, I'm not able to hide them from you. Not being able to hide things doesn't mean that you are kind of if it's too a continuous face, another way to say, it, if it's a
2: continuous face, and yeah. it's already not two faces, it's already, you're exposed. There is no. That's, other yeah.
0: Okay. So that's Levinas taking the the idea of Rabbi Jeremiah one step further. But in Jeremiah, in Rabbi Jeremiah's terms, it means it's Tufi, two faces, and that's the explanation of the two youth. Okay. So yes, it's far fetched. But the the question is what what is the teaching? It's more interesting than how you know. I think Con-
1: Because no, uh, like basically my trending God, you know, based on this interpretation, God created us with the purpose of doing chesed, of being involved in the world, not separating yourself from living in an ostracized, you know, life somewhere around in the woods alone. But you have an obligation to help the people around you, you have an obligation to share who you are with the people around you makes you vulnerable, but it's an obligation. You put yourself out there, you share yourself with them, and you help others around you. And that's when you were created to do that. I think
3: that's
0: very beautiful. So that's, yeah. so it's a, that, that's a way of that. expressing it, sorry?
3: So I think it's a little more selfish than that. Because I think mm-hmm. it's also like, you can't hide from the responsibility of yourself.
0: What do you mean by responsibility of, uh, towards yourself?
3: Meaning like you, you have to own who you are, you have to know who you are, you have to... Like there's no, it's not only like you're not hiding from other people, but you're not hiding from the person that you are, mm-hmm. or the demons that you face, or the struggle that you have. Like it's commanding you to be a, a more complete person.
0: It's you know it's a, it's a metaphor hiding from who you who you are. Uh, it's, it's like uh, again I, uh, I would say with Levinas that, that hiding from who you who you are is hiding from the others. There is uh, when when you when you hide from yourself what you do mainly is hiding from the others. It's like when we speak about hiding hiding from ourselves, like not being frank with ourselves, not being honest with ourselves, not being sincere with ourselves. The, 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 the practical expression of it, a lot of times, is well, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with others the way I should, I'm not actually who I am means a lot of times, I'm not who I am when I'm in interaction with the others. Inauthenticity, what philosophers call inauthenticity, a lot of times it felt, it's felt in a social context. Like, I went to a party and I had some mingling and I, and I did some things that I. And then I'm coming back and I say, oh, but I have a bad taste. I was not who I am. Yeah. We all know those, those situations. You know. I, I was. I was enacting someone else. I was just, you know, t- trying to please this one and trying to make a good impression on the other one. And wa- okay. So I'm, I'm just trying to 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 bring your your uh, intuition to, to 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 this to this uh, vocabulary of Levinas. There is no Levinas would say there is. That's the that's the illusion to think that there is a radical separation between the self and the other. Do you think that our interior lives is something and then we go outside and we have a kind of life with the others? The internal and the external are one and the same. To be honest means to be honest with the others. To be honest with oneself means to be honest with the others.
3: Right. So I'm saying one comes with the other but you're yeah. accomplishing both. Like you're, you're creating a relationship yes. with other people but only through having a proper relationship with
0: yourself. Yes, definitely. So that's that's, that's, uh, that's uh, I, I just didn't understand if you are trying to uh, challenge this this uh, uh, reading uh, or adding it added added something to it.
3: Okay, so it definitely, like I it's, uh, it's,
0: it, yeah. it's, it's uh, at least for my for my ear, it's very. It's, I, I hear the addition. Okay, so now third, third uh, trial, um, let's just read the, this, this remark of Levinas. I already said it, uh, uh, but I want to read it in, in, in the text. It's, it's 167. How Levinas <coughs> understands this this moment in the in the in, in, in the uh, Talmudic debate as a, a moment which is not dealing yet with the question of the masculine and the feminine. It's dealing with the question of the human. So, with the issue of the human. So it's 167, it's just after we we finished the, the reading. Uh, look, the last paragraph. However, do, do you have it? However, there is something else in this parable of the second phase. Woman is not at issue yet. The feminine face will appear later, starting with this idea of a continuous face, which at the outset signifies the sheer humanity of man meaning man and woman the meaning of the feminine will thus become clear against the background, background of a human essence the Isha from the Ish not in the sense of the feminine from the masculine but the feminine from the human same way the masculine is we come after the human. The feminine does not derive from the masculine, says Levinas. Rather, the division into feminine and masculine, the dichotomy derives from what is human. Complementarity has no concrete significance, is only a lazy turn of phrase if one, if one has not previously grasped in the idea of the whole. The necessity and the sense of the division. So that's a very uh, deep insight of being us reading this Talmudic passage, saying the the Talmudists, the rabbis, before they get to the question of ishisha, of masculine, and feminine, of the woman and the man, and we see that the ne- that's the next the the, the next um, phase of the commentary deals explicitly with the question of the with, with the subject of of the woman but the Talmudic text starts with something else with the human before the differentiation between masculine and feminine we have a shared conception of what humanity is both women and men are subject to this model of the human that Rabbi Jeremiah depicted Zachar Keva comes after Or, or, as Lévinas uh, puts it, the feminine does not derive from the masculine, the Isha derives from the Ish. Meaning, the difference itself between masculine and feminine comes after the general definition of what being human means. And this definition holds both for men and for women. So, when we get to the second chapter, what we do now, we should always bear in mind that there is a first chapter. The first chapter, the main thing of the first chapter is that, as in regards to the definition of, of, of what it is to be human, there is no difference between men and women. They are the same. They are both two of They are both, both two-faced now we can ask about the difference now, now we have established this now we have established this that to have two faces does not mean the difference between the masculine and the feminine but something completely else and now we understand why Rav Jeremiah did not quote from the Genesis verse because the Genesis verse really, is about Zahar Ben-Ekeva about creating men and women uh, the creation of, of men and women. No. Rabbi Jeremiah goes to Psalm 139 where it's not gender qualified. It's not about the question of men and women. It's about something else. So first, let's let let's be clear, Levinas reading the time itself, let's be clear about the definition of the human. Which comprises both men and women, of course. Sheer humanity of women now after we have established this, we can start and ask ourselves questions about the difference between man and woman. And that's the that's the next uh, uh, phase of the Talmudic reading. I want to um, at least start this this next chapter, and we'll, we'll uh, continue it next week. And the uh, is entitled "Side Your Rim, because there will be a discussion between Rav and Shmuel about... A third verse. We have for the moment two verses the verse of Vayitzel, the word Vayitzel, then we have the verse of Psalm 139, and now we, 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 the, the Talmud is uh, bringing forth um, another verse in Genesis, um, in um, chapter 1 of Genesis, which has to do with the creation of the woman. Okay, so let's let's do the reading. I will continue reading the text. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman, or in the translation of the French rabbinate, which is retranslated into English. Here it's difficult to Levenez brings another translation. Um, and the Lord God built into a woman the rib which he had taken from man. So the the verse itself says, "Va'yitzar haadam." et uh, sorry and the Lord God fashioned into a woman or built into a woman the rib which he had taken from man and you remember the story the story uh, of creation is about God creating let's say the human and then he took the rib from the human, and from this rib, he created the women. And now we have a discussion between two uh, Amora'im, two Talmudic rabbis, Rav and Shmuel, a very uh, popular couple in the, in the Talmud. Rab and Shmuel, they were like partners, studies partners. Chavruta, what we call it today. And Rabin and Shmuel discuss about the nature of the rib. What was the, this rib? What is it that this rib was? And one says, we don't know exactly who said what. Maybe they were afraid uh, of their, their wives. I don't know. One says uh, that this rib was a face. And the other says that this rib was a tail.
1: Below Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you have another thing. Uh, when a malek is hunting Israel, Israel, then it's called Lezanev. Lezanev, it's like trying to get you uh, at your weak point. Uh, at the tail so, so, I continue your remark and saying, well, so the one has a very positive opinion of, of women and the other has a kind of negative opinion of women or even uh, maybe something uh, uh, offensive. The origin of the woman is a tale. The, the women originated from the tale of men. This would be one opinion and the other opinion would be no. Women. Well,
3: what is the tale of men? Huh? What is the tale? What's the tail? Yeah.
0: What, physiognomically speaking? A tail. Let's say that the first Adam has a, 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 a tail. Zanaf. 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 Like the tail. Zanav. Like it literally? Huh? It literally means. That. Yes. Zanav. Zanav is a tail. It's, a, it's literally a tail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can you can metaphorize it a little bit and say it, it's an appendix. It's something which is like not necessary to the to the body, which. Is a tail. You can't live without a tail. You, well, we don't have tails, but animals have. So let's depict uh, the first Adam, and he has a tail, and now he got cuts it, and that's the rib that the verse is speaking. About. So of course we have to understand what it is about, uh, because the rabbis are not speaking about tails, and they are not speaking. And about faces, without having a an idea, right. I- without, without, uh, um, without there being an idea um, beyond it, um, they are not telling fairy tales. It's my usual <laughs> I know it's not written the same. So let's see how Levinas So of course this this is this is very. Un- unsettling this this idea of, of, of women originating from the tail. But let, let's look how Levinas turned it upside down and shows us the bright side of the opi- the second opinion one said that the woman was built from the tail of the moon, of of men. So uh, on page one hundred sixty nine the um, Uh, the second paragraph. Let's take from the second paragraph. But where does the opposition between the two opponents lie? What is the machloket? What do they discuss about? We are, we, we understand that, not, that It's not a realistic uh, depiction of the creation of the woman. They don't imagine that God took the rib and the rib was a face or the rib was. They're trying to say something. So what? The question always is: What are they trying to say? And here is Levinas Uh, The one for whom the rib is a face posits a perfect equality between the feminine and the masculine. He thinks that all relations that bind them are of equal dignity. The creation of man was the creation of two beings in one, He created the men and women, so two creations in one, but of two beings equal in dignity, two faces. Again, difference and sexual relations belong to the fundamental content of what is human, Levinas concludes. Meaning, to be human means to be in this sexual tension always, to be. The sexual difference, the difference between men and women, between male and female, is a difference which is inscribed in the human nature as a fundamental difference which opposes or which puts into relation two positions which are completely equal, two faces. That's what the first opinion said. This is what (coughs) <coughs> this is, but this is the, the the easiest part. Now we have to make sense of the of the other opinion, which is quite difficult because at least at first sight it seems as it is a very uh, depreciative uh, idea. What does the o- one who sees only a tail in the rib mm. mean? Now, watch how Levinas turns everything upside down. He cannot ignore what has <laughs> happened to the little piece of skin or bone taken from man. He knows that God went to the trouble of making it into a person. As a result, he too does not think that woman came into the world through natural evolution, from a lost bone of man. He knows that she came forth from a real act of creation. But he thinks that beyond the personal relationship that established itself, between two, these two beings issued from two creative acts, the particularity of the feminine is secondary. It is not woman who is secondary, it is the relationship with woman which is secondary. It is the relationship with woman as woman that does, does, not, does not belong to what is fundamentally human. Fundamental are the tasks that man accomplishes as a human being and that woman accomplishes as a human being. They have other things to do besides coin, and moreover, something else to do and more than to limit themselves to the relations that are established because of the differences in sex. Sexual liberation by itself would not be a revolution adequate to the human species. Woman is not at the summit of the spiritual life, the way Beatrice is for Dante. It is not the eternal feminine, which leads to, us to the heights. And this text should be carefully understood, because if it's not carefully understood, it could be, very, be a very interpreted in a very strange way. What, if, what does Divna say? So first he says something, uh, which already is, a little bit shifting the, 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 the perspective on the, on the tail interpretation. He says, well, imagine that God created woman from the tail. Don't look at it as if woman is an appendix. Woman is secondary in the sense that she is like not, her, her origin is like less, less uh, important. Look at it from another uh, perspective. Look at it from the perspective that, well, God had to create another human being. That there is a, another act of creation implied in the creation of women. Women coming out of the tail of man, or being extracted from a rib, which is actually a tail, means that, that, that here we have two different creations. That God had to put in creation a lot of efforts. In order to create women, he knows that she came forth from a real act of creation. That actually there were two distinct creations one for the man, the other for the woman. And still, Levinas has to speak about this idea of of a tale as being the something about the secondarity he calls it the secondarity of the feminine and here is how he interprets it he says it's not about the status of the woman we're not speaking about the social status of the woman here we are speaking about the place that's the relation to the feminine should take in our spiritual lives? That's the question at stake here. It is not woman who is secondary, it is the relationship with woman which is secondary. Which means that the relationship with woman does not belong to what is fundamentally human. Fundamental to humanity is the task that we do. We can take back from, uh, go back to Rav Jeremiah's opinion. The humanity of man is about a responsibility for the others. What the tail interpretation should, would mean is that spirituality is not measured by the relation with the feminine. The feminine does not constitute, constitute the kernel of what spiritual life should be about. And he brings examples from, from literature, and this is not not choice. He brings examples from, like, Dante, or The Eternal Feminine, um, because 19th century literature, mainly, but also a lot of 20th century literature, is about speaking of the of humanity of man as stemming out from the relation with the woman you, you have those, those those epic stories so epic, liter- this epic lit- literature about you know the Goethe's the source of the young Werther it's about s- these young, the s- yeah. young men who whose all all of of his spiritual life is made from this kind of longing to a girl that he cannot conquer. There is, in our cultures, in our culture, in the western culture, there is an idea that spirituality is linked to the relation with him. says, maybe, maybe, the idea that the, the rib was a thing, means that Again, not woman is secondary, but the relationship with woman is secondary. And you could shift the proposition and say, the rela- for woman, the relation with men is secondary. For uh, in terms of the spiritual life, it's completely uh, symmetrical. If the sec- we could say it in a more general uh, uh, sense. The sexual difference, the difference between male and female as such is not what, is not the substance of spiritual life. It is secondary. The humanity of man measures itself, measures itself through other um, uh, 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 categories or Not not about this. This is not what measures the humanity of of man. And again, Lévinas speaks in France, second half of the 20th century, he's in the heart of Western civilization, and he wants to say something about the different vision of humanity that Judaism has. It's not about, uh, again, Depreciating women, it's about trying to find out, trying to locate precisely the place of the relation between men and women in the horizon of human spirituality. And here, says, it is secondary. Indeed, it is secondary. Maybe this is what the opinion of the tale in place. Now, there will be a lot of um, back and forth between Rav and Shmuel. This is what we'll see next week. This will conclude our studies. There will be a lot of back and forth with Rav and Shmuel trying to deepen this, this basic idea that we just have pointed out of the difference between seeing in the woman a face and seeing the woman, uh, a tail, and what it implies in terms of the definition of of the human. Uh, this is how we will conclude our study. Um, we are we are out of time, so and so. But, I, but next week, uh, if you have, because I know it's a very explosive text, so I don't want to, you know. I, I, I want to face your questions, so next week we'll start with, you know, if you have some object questions or you want to uh, you know, challenge this reading, we'll start with this and then we'll, we'll go on. Are
1: you coming back next term or next next it's, week in your last
0: class? You? It's, it's still not clear. Maybe we'll have another, maybe the, I'll teach also next semester. It's not uh, so, see you next week, and you know it's, uh, see you, right? it's Hanukkah next week, or no, it's in two weeks. Okay. It's next week already? No, oh, I yeah. think it starts Tuesday night. Tuesday night, yeah. Okay, so, okay, I want to tell you to bring, uh, bring whiskey, so we, we have, uh, what do you <laughs> bring, wine, <laughs> or whiskey, or I don't know, when you finish st- studying, we have to, okay, I'll try to find something. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> make a little... A little bit